0: Turned it over in the slot, Miller shoots, he scores! JT Miller wins it for the Canucks with 4.8 seconds left in overtime. And Vancouver takes a hard-fought affair
1: in D.C., 3-2. Not how you write it up, Michael has the turnover right to Miller in the slot, and he goes high glove on Kemper, or high blocker, excuse me, on Kemper. You'll take it.
0: 8 o'clock on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Ruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Ruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Uh, Canucks color commentator Brett Festerling is going to join the program in just a moment to kick off Hour 3. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at
2: campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for?
0: kintech that's what. If you're on, if you're watching the stream right now, you can see Jason Bruff subtle, but very, very pointed. And I mean pointing. We have a little, little box up in the Sportsnet 650 studios that's got all of our, uh, the, the reads the that we need to do. And I am often remiss. I mm-hmm. fail in my job of telling you that all of our guests are on the phone line, which is the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. Jason, it's not just the first call. What else is it? It's the only call. There we go. Is there really a box? The box. The box. <laughs> it's called a whiteboard. <laughs> Look, It's a box it's a, so much. It's uh... a box, all right? There's a big white box up there. Okay. And it has words on it. It's a word box. It's a word box. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines now. Brett Fesserling joins us on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Brett. How are you?
1: Morning. Good.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you taking the time to do this. So, uh, the McMichael turnover. I don't know if there's a pantheon of mo- most egregious turnovers ever, but that one, given the stakes involved, the time left in the game, uh, that's got to be up there in terms of
2: some of the worst. I'm just going to throw this up the middle in five seconds. Maybe we can score. <laughs>
0: like, why not just hold the puck
2: for 4.8 <laughs> 4. seconds? I don't know what he was thinking.
0: Maybe you, do. you were watching the game. Like, what did you think when you saw that unfold?
1: Yeah, I didn't know what that's never been the first obviously never been the second, third, fourth, or fifth option really in o t with five seconds left to to pass it up the middle i don't know games change the guys are more freewheeling and willing to do that stuff, but i I didn't like doing that at five and five period, let alone o t with Miller down the slot um
2: so here's a question for you: How have the Canucks played on this road trip because they're two, one and one, and that's great results for a tough Road trip, but the bar has been raised so much in Vancouver in in just a year that people are like, ah, two one on one. I know, but I feel like, and even the Canucks themselves are saying this, I feel like we haven't played our cleanest hockey.
1: No, if you're, if you're, you know, painting a picture, it hasn't been a pretty road trip, but they have a chance to go three on one on one, a good chance to go one playing a Chicago Blackhawks team that's depleted. So, I think that's where the bar has actually gone up substantially is the ability to grind out points and find ways to get points. And I think it's been a slog of a road trip, but they do have a chance to come back over 500, which I think is pretty impressive with the game against Boston. Even Washington wasn't great. Hurricane game was okay, but yeah, not the prettiest road trip, but they'll take it for, for what they've done. Um, do you see an obvious fit uh,
2: for Elias Lindholm? I'm not saying he's not going to fit into this Connects team, but I'm just wondering um, how long do you think it's going to take for him to find that and what that might be?
1: Short answer, no. I don't see an obvious fit right now. I, I thought it would be more geared towards a dance partner for Petey. And obviously they've, they've went away from that a little earlier with a focus on puck possession and his face-off ability, getting him down the middle. So, yeah, I haven't found an obvious kind of position for him. He's played okay. I think he's been kind of online with where the team's been for this road trip. It's going to take time. He's coming in. He hasn't had the best season. His confidence is probably a little lower than it normally is. It's intimidating coming into. A new group a group that had five all-stars and then he's supposed to fit into that so i mean i would give him a, a the month probably like that yeah. that probably helps that's that's the benefit of the brass being aggressive and going getting this deal done early is to go through these growing pains and really find out where he fits whether that is uh, as a centerman, and really trying to focus on puck possession and draws, or if that is a dance partner for Petey to have more of a consistent, you know, skill or partner to play with on a regular basis.
2: Do you think we could see uh, Lindholm and Petey together even as soon as Tuesday in Chicago? Like, do do, do you think uh, do you think Rick Tockett is tied to anything that's going on in his top six right now?
1: No, I don't think so. Like, he he started the first. Two or three power plays, not the first line. Like it's pretty obvious. I think he's uh, not impressed with the road trip for that top six specifically. So I could, yeah, Tuesday would be an easy, easy switch back to those two together. I think, and then I, I don't know. I mean, Hoglander seemed to play well with Petey. That was, mm-hmm. I think, they had a lot of positives. There was some, some, you know, I talk called it a wash with the game before, with some of the turnovers, obviously, the missed assignment in front on the Roethlinson goal, but um, I like those two together, but yeah, I could easily see them going back together Tuesday. Okay,
2: here's a tough question for you. Would you ever (laughs) consider breaking up the third line to alleviate any issues that you're
1: having in the top six? I wouldn't. It's such a weird predicament that I don't know if I've ever seen in my (laughs) career where the third line's been so consistent and so good at driving play and outmatching their opponent that it just hasn't been touched and it hasn't even thought of. But that puts such a weird switch on guys like Lafferty or Hoglander jumping fourth line minutes mm-hmm. and fourth line opponents to second or first line minutes and first line opponents. So it's a interesting predicament, but I don't think I would just because it's been so consistent. They've been so reliable for driving play, and, and I just hate messing with chemistry. I feel like it's so finicky and it's hard to find, and, and they have it, and they they definitely do drive the play against their opponents, so I wouldn't personally wouldn't touch it, but again, they have an extra month here to figure it out. Maybe it's something they start with in practice, or, or certain guys look good together in practice, whether it's a rush, and you just go with your gut instinct. You know what I love about hockey and and
2: sports in general is just the unpredictable nature of it like we talk about so much in the offseason you know we're we're forcing topics here and there we're going over line combinations and then now we're you know more than halfway past through the season and it's like you know what's been a major key for the Canucks the line of Bluger Garland and Joshua like whoever would have predicted this and I agree with you I wouldn't mess with that line They, they're like a sure thing out there the the way they're playing what is it about those three together that has created this chemistry and created this line that even if the top six is going you can put those guys out there and they just seem to be able to take the puck from the Canucks end and play with it in the other end
1: Yeah. They've all added so much value and they're better together. So I don't, I would have never predicted. I think I was a a harsh critic of Garland to start, especially the contract. And somehow he's made himself such a valuable piece to be be able to drive his own line and really just have that peskiness and tenacity. He, He. the chemistry they have that I don't think the top six has right now in terms of just getting pucks north, and then there's always a second guy on the puck quick, whether it's Garland or Joshua or Suter, or I mean, sorry Beluger. they're just support each other so well, and then there's no give up. They're, Garland's always head down back to the middle, Joshua's head down through the middle back checking. so it's just kind of a, of a relentless forecheck with back pressure. And then guys like Josh, I feel like Dakota Joshua, after getting called out early in the year for conditioning and maybe the level of his play for Tockett, has become one of the better values in the NK. He's become a huge part of the penalty kill. He's making good plays. He's the most, if one of, if not the most physical, canuck on the ice. Mix that in with kind of Beluger's intelligence and his ability to distribute the puck and support read those guys and support, let them, you know, Garland's a, a bit of a uh, honey badger, kind of gets going, Dakota Joshua goes and gets hit, and then Blueger seems to just find those soft areas to, to support those guys, turn over pucks, and, and get it back to him. So it's they've been fun to watch. I've really enjoyed that line this year. Yeah, me as well. Um, Nils Hooglander,
2: has he jumped McKeev in the depth chart?
1: Well he's definitely showing his high end skill of what he can he can elevate to that those first line or top six skill level on the offensive side for sure Mckaev is a little more of a a thinker in terms of maybe sitting back and evaluating the play on the defensive side. I think that's where you see Hoaglanders... um Inexperience or youth show exactly that goal the other day, just missed little missed assignments on the defensive zone. But on the offensive side of top six and being able to stay in the skill kind of echelon of, of a guy like PD, I think Hoaglander's shown that he has that and has the ability to turn it on. And what he's actually done with mostly fourth line minutes and and, you know, less offensive time to get 16 goals on the year is pretty impressive. So, have he jumped him on the depth chart? I think it's situational base, but there's definitely an argument to be made there for him to have more sustained time on the second line.
2: Okay, there's about a month until the trade deadline, so still a lot of time for developments. Um, if you could, if you had a realistic wish list for the Vancouver Canucks at the trade deadline... What would top that realistic wish list?
1: That's the hard. That's a really hard question. I, I think my my number one concern right now, still with Lindholm, is probably a player to go with PD. Now I don't know if you're mm-hmm. going to spend spend the uh, the money or the assets to bring in another forward. You probably maybe bring in more depth, but then again, you're putting them on the fourth line. You run into that fourth line scenario where it's fourth line or second line. So I think if you have an, also if you have an injury to either Hironic or Hughes, then that changes your offensive side of your defenseman, depending on Susie as well. So I'd say that the offensive side of your defenseman, barring an injury, is a risk going through playoffs. And then you can always go more depth in the middle part of your forwards, I think. And then I, La- I mean, I like Lafferty. He he was obviously a healthy scratch for both games this weekend. I don't expect him to be a healthy scratch much longer. Mm-hmm. I I think he's a torpedo out there and really drives play and gets the puck going north. And they're a better team with him in the lineup. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes as well.
2: Hey, Brett, I want to ask you, as a former NHLer, what you thought of Morgan Riley's reaction to Ridley Greig. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, taking the slapper into the empty
1: net. I think if you're a former NHL born before 1994, <laughs> you're going to be okay with Morgan Riley's reaction. If you're after, you're not going to understand.
0: It. 94 is the cutoff,
1: eh? Yeah, there's a big generational shift in those years. Like, to me, the fact that he took a Papper, five feet from the net, in a rivalry game, Ottawa, Toronto, and then didn't even look for anybody coming after him is mind-boggling. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, That's crazy. Like, yeah. he didn't think anybody was coming after him. He looked at the bench
2: and just... <laughs> it's like I He's like, He's like, do you see that slap shot
1: I took? <laughs> guys, I it, was guys, funny, guys. it was funny because I had a breakaway and it was an open net. Yeah, you can do that. Like, you're taking your own <laughs> risk. You can do that. But at least look somebody coming to you yeah you gotta think somebody's coming after you so honestly the health is the number one thing for the players he he can't get his stick up and get him in the face i totally see where he's coming from i react the same way i have the same switch but the biggest thing is you can't get your stick up i think if he drops his gloves and goes after him or even body checks him into the wall, it's probably less of a suspension of what he's going to get just because of that stick in the face is such a no-no. But um, I understand where he's coming from.
0: Brett, this was great, man. Thanks for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the week and all the games. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. That's Brett Festerling, as Jason alluded to, former NHL defenseman and now a member of Sportsnet 650. He's on the call with Brendan Batchelor, uh, color analyst for Sportsnet 650. So we haven't really weighed in on the Morgan Riley thing. I mean, granted, it's been a busy day. Hell, Nick Taylor got bumped to like hour two. And he had no, a we, got, we, we got him in. Oh, in no, we one. did. We got him right yeah, in yeah. before uh, we switched to hour two. So uh, if you download the hour one podcast, you can hear us talking about Nick Taylor's big win at the Waste Management Open. But um, the mo- honestly, if it had been any other sports weekend, the Morgan Riley, Ridley Greig, by the way, kudos to that one guy that texted and is like, come on, you idiots, it's Greg. I'm like, it's definitely not. I don't know where you got that from. It's Greig. It's, right. There's an NHL pronunciation guide, which we normally never pay attention to because we don't
2: pronounce anything right. But here, Ridley Greig. Anyway. So my whole, my whole take is a really simple one. What? There should have been a reaction from the Leafs, but it was an overreaction. And the overreaction is what's going to get him suspended, and rightly so. You don't have to go in and cross-check him in the head. My reaction... That's what, it? My, my reaction was that this was
0: the embodiment of collective stupidity. Everyone was so <laughs> stupid. So first off, let's make... I no, like that one more. Let's make no mistake. Ridley Greig very stupid it was funny i kind of got a laugh out of it but is anyone going to say that what he did was smart that was a stupid thing to do right just in a vacuum greg i'm looking at the real Greg here (laughs) greek (laughs) balak hey our good old buddy greek balak
3: i spell it the right way in
0: in a vacuum regardless (laughs) of what happened afterwards doing it is stupid right
3: I don't know if stupid is the right word. It was stupid. It was silly. Come on, be honest with yourself here. (laughs) I got to stick with my buddy, (laughs) Greg, stand up
0: for yourself, Greg. Anyway, the reaction from Morgan Riley may be more stupid Mm -hmm. because as Brett just astutely pointed out, there is a multitude of things that you could have done. I don't care if you're responding to it, but respond in a totally different way. Just say, hey,
3: yeah. keep your head up next square time. Square the guy game. up.
0: Give him a chance to fight. Even just words
3: would yeah. work. Like, Drop your gloves. They're Drop like, oh, gloves. it's old
0: school. You got to be tough. I'm like, what's tough about cross-checking a guy in the face when he's not looking? Mm-hmm. Right? Do something else. Now I'm not saying do, like, we've seen what happens when you punch an unwilling combatant, right? That's, yeah, yeah. That was the Bertuzzi Moore thing. You got to square a guy up. So that was stupid. The stupidest thing of all was the online reactions. My God, people. Like, I know that social media is a cesspool at the best of times, but this was like taking the worst scum out of the cesspool and then, like, boiling it down to its core scum. Try
3: having a social media feed full of Leafs fans as unbelievable. well as Jays fans. Unbelievable
0: wow. how bad it the, got. Th- the things that Sat got were just... Unbelievable! Just... I'm sorry, I don't mean to, like, yell
2: over you, but it was, it was beyond ridiculous. Well, it's not unbelievable. It's completely believable Fair. and completely predictable it's still shockingly stupid yeah. like there's a certain level of stupid
0: that many of you stooped to yeah now i'm not now i'm not our listeners or anything like don't get me wrong you guys are great some of you but um like if and it's out there in such a and i use the term cavalier a lot with this and that's really what it is open
2: openly racist just Ope- but just, just openly fire, racist. Fire, just Brazen. firing, firing o- it brazenly off. racist <laughs> just and firing it i'm not it gonna read anything but if you want to go to sat's Twitter account uh, put it out there and I and I texted that uh, He's like, and and it's kinda sad because it says like honestly, it doesn't bother me anymore, which is like basically like I'm used to it.
0: Just some of the things. It's just shocking.
2: Yeah. And just no regard.
0: No regard whatsoever for anybody. Or even I mean, the people that are putting it out like do you think for a moment how this <laughs> take it as a, as a be selfish again and think for a moment what it looks like for you? Yeah. As an individual, like, do you think that it just goes into the ether? Just the it evaporates into yeah. the sky?
2: There was this one guy who, like, had his name out there and worked for some, like, Toyota dealership. Which is where I come back to the stupidity part right. of all mm-hmm. this. And like, he still hasn't deleted the tweet. Just like, leave- what are you doing, man? You're going <laughs> to lose your job. These yeah. people have just, children. Like, just leave it out yeah. there. You yeah. Imagine
3: them reading that in 10 years. Like, just, it's so sad that but, these people exist.
2: So to
0: recap, Grieg and Ridley situation, just collectively stupid. It was just, it was a... Not a great moment. I mean, it could have been. And the sad part is is it was, it was ripe for comedy. There were some really good bits that could have come out of that because it was right? hilarious watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'd never seen a guy do that on an empty net breakaway before.
2: Uh, I, Andrew,
0: Brave new comedic world. Really under. good for the rivalry, too. Could I have know. had some fun with it. Yeah. It was great.
2: Uh, Andrew and Victoria text in, should Morgan Riley get suspended the same amount that Dale Hunter was for his after goal hit on Pierre no. Turgeon? no, no. No, because uh, what Dale Hunter did was maybe one of the worst
0: things in hockey. (laughs) Turgeon,
2: Turgeon was hurt badly and couldn't. I separated shoulder. Yeah,
0: missed the rest of the playoffs.
2: Yeah, could he play at all? Did he play? I'm turning into Jim Moore over here. Playoffs. Yeah, that was so that was Ray Ferraro's team, right? And they really missed him. Twenty one games, I think, because he was scoring. That was the team that upset the Penguins.
0: If you remember, Pierre Turgeon was scoring a lot of important goals, like the winner in that game where he got hurt. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Dale Hunter's was way worse. I remember way pe- worse. I remember
2: people, <laughs> or I think it might have even been Hunter's excuse. It was like, I didn't know the goal went in. I was just finishing my check. I'm like, mmm. Get his hands up for like six seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> And
0: that yeah. was so late. It was the next start of the next game practically. Like you finished your check in the next game. That's when you finished it. It was bad. But no, uh, Riley's going to get suspended. But that was another part of the, I go back to my stupidity take from earlier. Some of the takes in the aftermath, there were certain analysts that I won't name that thought that the max he was going to get was a fine. I was like, have you watched sports? Do you know how this works? You can't hit a guy after he scores a goal with five seconds left on the clock. Like, even if you're trying to plead that it was unintentional, which it wasn't, or that I was trying to cross check him in the shoulder and it rode up into his face. Mm-hmm. The department of player safety is going to be like that's a great explanation. Here's minimum 6 games. Like it's a suspension. Yeah. It was shocking to me that some people were trying to big brain it into being like it's not, you know. And Sheldon Keith's response was one of the dumbest things I've ever
2: heard. Can we play the Sheldon Keith audio? This is uh... I know
0: he was in the I know he was in, on the spot. It was right after the game. He probably didn't have time to think out a great response, but he's also like
2: he's going through it. Yeah. He's going through it in Toronto. He 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 does not I, you get the feeling like he does not care for his team and now he's going to have to deal with this like the blue the Leafs blue line was already a problem and now they're gonna be missing their best defenseman for five, six games. At any rate <laughs> here's poor Sheldon Keith. What do
3: you think of Morgan Riley's reaction to
2: really break shot into the net? I thought it was appropriate. I think uh... Concerned at all that he might get some sort of discipline this game, like the Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll look at it, yeah. you think maybe the egregious play you're talking about like the frustrations going over for the entire No, I think
0: he's reacting to a play. Their player has the right to do what he wants in that moment, and our players
2: have the right to react. Uh, you know, it's the motions of the game, and that's the way goes. When you say it's appropriate, why do you think that's appropriate? It's pretty apparent.
0: The best was when he said oh, It's
2: actually not. Can you please? I was, I was
0: like, what are you talking about? When he said it. Uh,
2: so it's appropriate to lose your best defenseman for five games.
0: Play play the clipper. He says, our players have the right to react. <laughs> I'm like, no, they don't. That's what a penalty's for. <laughs> it's punishments for all this. player things. has the right to do what he wants in that moment, and our players have the right to
2: react. No, he doesn't. You know no, what's. You know not heli- the right to. Re- what is, that's crazy. But you know what's hilarious about all this is like. Uh, how many times have the Leafs been called out for a lack of response? Yeah, right. And, and I get like, that part. Of and it. then, and then, and then, one, no, not that. Them, not, that way, <laughs> not that way. Not that way. What are you doing? <laughs> Does anybody know how to respond here?
0: And a bunch of the Leafs media were, again, I use Galaxy. They're Galaxy-braining, and it's like, this could be the moment that galvanizes them as a team. I'm like, why?
3: Mm-hmm. It'll galvanize for sure. Uh, yeah, it's
0: going to galvanize the, the eight-game suspension for, for Morgan Riley or whatever he ends up getting. I, I was, the whole thing, and again, I ha- like I got the luxury of being able to sit for 48 hours and think about it and yeah, craft a response. I get that part of it, right? But some of the responses, and it, it, the knee-jerk reaction, again, None of it ages well. Usually, you oh, I'd like to take that one back, or I was the mm. heat of the moment, or I was on the spot and I said something. But my word, just the hypocrisy
3: is what kills me with the least fans. That you know, people that I know and put up with, that were so against what Rugnet Odor did to Batista, yeah. are just oh yeah, that's what we want to <laughs> see, Re- instant retribution, like. I watched you complain
2: about <laughs> Odour. Aggress- How? Agg- I know, aggressively complain <laughs> it just about blowing it. Blowing my mind yeah. last, yesterday. Just okay, crazy. we need some more what we learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650, 650. Use the ticket emoji to be entered into the competition for Canucks Red Wings tickets. So there's Canucks tickets on the line. Today, in our What We Learns, you're listening to the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650.
3: Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nizar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Now, for my favorite part of the show what did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God. This is always dead.
0: It's what we learn, time. It's what we learn, time. It's what we learn, time. On the show. 831 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Ruff, Sportsnet 650. Hey, Doug, you'll be happy. I was talking to uh, a neighbor the other day. And he says that he drives his kid to school, his kids to school, plural, at the same time every morning. And they've now got the What We Learned jingle committed to memory. And they get upset when we're late. Like, if we come back and we don't start doing it until, like, 8.34, they get upset because they're basically at school. My j- jingle makes kids cry if it's not heard on time.
2: Yeah. Nice. It makes well, them I, laugh. What what I always, You're our
3: regular raffy.
2: Yeah, it's what I always strive for when I write my jingles. How do you make mo- a bunch of kids' songs and see if you can cash in. Yeah. You should. You're right. You could be. You could. You could be big. <laughs> the, the Bigger next,
0: The next raffy Yeah. <laughs> but I just re-sing his songs, change the words. <laughs> the slight, <laughs> slight different jingle in the back. I don't
3: think those are rights-free though. Sadly. No,
2: unfortunately. Uh,
0: uh, okay, Halvin and Brev of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. It is what we learned time. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. I'm going to do a what we learned post-Super Bowl. Just a little update for you. For all of you that were watching, and maybe you were... Ashamed, embarrassed, you didn't want to say it out loud. I don't know the NFL postseason overtime rules. Don't worry about it. You're not alone. You're in some pretty good company because apparently all of the San Francisco 49ers also did not know the playoff overtime rules. We got Eric Armstead here. This is Eric Armstead post game talking about how they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime despite not knowing how the overtime actually worked. I didn't even know about the new overt- uh,
1: playoff, the overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. Yeah, I didn't even really even know what was going on. In terms of that, I, I, they put on this, the scoreboard, and everyone was like, oh, even if you score, they get a chance still. So,
0: so Kyle Chick the big fullback, he also said, quote, you know what? I didn't even realize the playoff rules were different in overtime. I assume you just want the ball to score a touchdown and win, Mm -hmm. but I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy. We didn't talk about it. So Kyle Shanahan later admitted that the coaching staff had talked about the different strategies for overtime Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden, it's not so much that you necessarily want the ball. We're going to score and we're going to win. But here's the other part of it. You can win the game on the first possession If you get a safety, the game's over. Oh, okay. Yeah. so That's it, though. So they didn't even know the rules after they were explained to them. It's like, I thought you wanted to score first. It's like, well, technically, there is a score situation that exists.
3: Should have been going for that safety. So I knew
2: (laughs) half the rules. Yeah. Because I knew that there'd been a rule change and that the NFL had different rules in the postseason and that each team was guaranteed a possession, except Mm -hmm. in the case of the safety. Um, Here's what I didn't know what would have happened if the clock had expired on the Chiefs in the first quarter? Yeah, you ju- it just – you- And, like, Tony Romo decides to explain it on that play. And so, like, honestly, halfway through that quarter, I was like, there needs to be a clarification on the broadcast of whether or not you go to a second quarter. Like, do the Chiefs – because I'm sitting there yelling, like, uh, call a timeout. Call a timeout. <laughs> like the, the game is gonna, the game is gonna, uh, you know, um, end well, on you, right? Uh, and then, and then Romo, <laughs> went, like, on the game winning call, is like, by the way, <laughs> uh, and he talks a lot. Uh, by the way, you know, like there's just another quarter after this. So I, I can hear all of you at home yelling, call a timeout, call a timeout. And I was one of those people. And I'm like, oh, thank God I know now. Oh, look, the Chiefs just won. Yeah. Also, the game is over. <laughs> is it over now? Is there another I mean, quarter? I, I was asking questions like, do they even get timeouts
0: in overtime? Do they have to rush? I don't even know what's happening here. But so the CBS crew, <laughs> very unprepared for overtime. The San Francisco 49ers, clearly unprepared for it because they didn't even know the rules. You know who wasn't? All of the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones, who we talked about with Mike Tanier, by the way, earlier in the show, said that they spent two weeks prior to the Super Bowl talking about the overtime rules. Justin Reed said, "No, nah, no, nah, we were talking about this in training camp. Like they were very well versed in playoff what... overtime rules. Yeah, it changes. But that's what they were saying. Wow. They, they were, they were so schooled. I guess because they had aspirations of you know." Winning a Super Bowl, We may as well talk about this in training camp. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs knew,
2: but they, I bet they didn't go over what happens at the end of the first quarter. Like they
0: just said that they had uh, the, the, new, the they, new. Here's the
2: quote: the well new rules. Well
0: prepared for an overtime contingency in the postseason. Okay, so they thought because again, like here's a, like I didn't know this until I was reading up on the rules. If it went to the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And let's say it dragged out as long as it did. It, like, it just kept going back and forth and okay. not scoring. There's a two-minute warning. Like, it, it replicates <laughs> the timing of, game. yeah, just you keep going. Right. Like, we were joking earlier. Like, you go to halftime, and then Usher's like, again? <laughs> really? <laughs> I signed up for one. And Jermaine Dupree has to put on his little schoolboy outfit again. He's like, fine, we'll, we'll go. I I need- John, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I John,
2: need, we're, having uh... a, we're
0: having a second overtime what? show. <laughs>
2: I need that. Okay, if we must.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the bits I, just write themselves at this point.
2: I need that uh, abs costume that Usher had. Yeah. Like it was like kind of like a Batman superhero costume, like where they're, they're built in abs. Into yeah, the costume. which,
0: by the way, of all the people, Usher doesn't need it. Usher's jacked. Yeah, he's yeah, got a yeah, regular of all people
2: that wearing an abs shirt. Yeah, <laughs> maybe shirt it, off, maybe that dude. wasn't a special shirt though. No, was just <laughs> his abs, like, very impressive.
0: They just put LEDs on his actual abs. I
2: did like the. I I thought the the Super Bowl halftime show. By the way, while we're talking about it, it was kind of like the game. Like it started out pretty pedestrian, but then got way better. And then when. Like Lil Jon and Ludacris came yeah. out. I, I, like we were all watching it and we we're like, you know, this is pretty good.
0: There were some for people of our age group, <laughs> yeah. there were some early two thousand club vibes in there. We're like, uh uh-huh. totally. Yeah, I danced awkwardly to this one. You once. know things are,
3: are poor going for you though when the halftime show starts to appeal to you. And you know that they're
0: you've reached show.
3: that age group, that no, 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 they're no. trying but, to draw you in.
0: Um there are some not great ones and there are some great ones. That was good. I'm just talking about like the age. No, gap no, no. the or... the Super Bowl halftime show now is it, it crosses all. Uh, Usher generation. is for the old. I'm brilliant. No, oh, oh, uh, Usher is uh, for the I old. I disagree. He's old enough now that he's like retro cool mm-hmm. to the
2: youths. Mm-hmm. How old are you?
0: Thirty-three.
2: Yeah, you don't know what the youths are doing. You were, by the way. I think those shows are really impressive. The preparation and the coordination that goes into them Can to we... have all the things pulled off like that.
0: Can we have another what we learned on the Super Bowl front is that Laddie took the opportunity to discover how desolate and empty all the stores are (laughs) during the Super Bowl. He went shopping. Yeah. My kid wanted to go out so we went for a little walk. Next year
2: you should be a burglar. (laughs) 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 All right. Give us a moo cow. We got to go into the Yeah. We're we're way up against our timer. All right. Laddie's soundboard has decided to check out. Is the cow okay? Ah! Cow go. survived. Ooh. That was scary. Okay, okay, so print out some submissions here, laddie.
0: What we learned, humanoid edition, is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at getfireplan.com. Uh, Tobias fell the way of the cow there for a second Okay, we're giving away some tickets A pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Red Wings On Thursday, February 15th Jason has the winner Is it Yarrow or Yarrow? 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 Oh, the Yarrow. town? Yeah I mean, You're like Yarrow Halak? No, yeah, no, no Was it Yarrow? Stu
2: in Yarrow Yarrow? Whatever What are we going to go with here? It's like Yarrow, like, 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 tannier yeah. tannier. Yarrow? I'm thinking Yarrow Yarrow yeah. I'm going to say Yarrow It's like all the people that are like It's Sook, not Sook Fine don't. You were Thanks. pronouncing it suck, though. So yeah. I think man. that's why they took offense too. I'll tell you what
0: sucks.
3: <laughs> no, Suk did <does> not suck. <laughs> no, souk no, no, no. Suk is but... awesome. I was going to say our Yaro, pronunciation. I don't know but... about
2: it. Okay. Yarrow, go. Okay. What we learned. The guys from Stu. Stu right? and Yarrow. I still don't have a gift for my buddy's 40th birthday this week. He just hosted an awesome Super Bowl party with a giant projector screen, great food, and even supplied. <laughs> The beers, primetimes, of course. I can't think of a better gift than to take him to the Canucks game on Thursday. Maybe even head into AJ's for some pregames and try the Detroit-style pizza would be a great choice considering they are playing the Red Wings. Stew, this is a great opportunity for us to salute all the people out there that hosted Super Bowl parties. Thanks to my buddy Ben for organizing it for our hockey team. Um, we had a great time. Um, it's very – every friend group, every friend group needs an organizer. Mm, right? true. And with our, our group of hockey guys, it's always Benny. Ben's a go-to? Go to the Sports Exchange. That's his hockey store. Um, there's a free plug there. That's okay. Get a a free skate. The the winning text
0: message was essentially a series of free plugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: So uh, and you you hosted a Super Bowl party. Yeah. So that that, this is partly uh, a a salute. (laughs) I thank myself to you, Mike Halford. It's very is important. It is important for every friend group needs to have an organizer in the group. Otherwise, nothing gets done. Okay, Glenn and Victoria. What we learned: both J T. Miller and Elias Pedersen have sixty nine points. Nice. Yeah. That is is good. That is nice. Nice. Jason with what we learned. Super nice! Um, What we learned uh, from Jason. Rumors of Alex Ovechkin's demise may have been exaggerated. He has five goals in his last five games. A little bit lucky on the goal he scored against the Canucks. He was trying to make a cross-ice feed, and I believe it hit the skate of Nils Amon. Mm -hmm. Another own goal for the Canucks on this road trip. A lot of There's been a lot of shorthanded goals against. There's been a lot of... Early goals scored against, goals. a lot of own goals. The one yeah.
0: where where the stick exploded on the shot from the point and then it went in off Myers. What, that was at the Boston game, right? There's was a third goal. That's that... the adversity that you
3: wanted, right? Yeah, there, there it found is. found a way
0: to bounce back. Um,
2: I we... do want to read this one from Mark. Oh, okay. Because
0: I flagged one, by the way.
2: Good for you, man. Good That's job. Awesome. Was that your first one? Good, buddy.
0: Coming along, I hosted a Super Bowl party. I yeah. <laughs> give it's him his gold star. There's a
3: little sticker right buddy. there.
2: It was just you're, you're like you're, you're you're like these millennial workers that like need to be praised constantly. Like, oh, way to way to do your job. Yeah. The money isn't enough. We well, by
3: the praise. way, Prof, did you like how I got that clip earlier of the dressing room where they're talking about how they didn't know the rules? That was just, pretty good. I need you to tell me that that it was
0: pretty good. good. Well done, thank laddie. you.
2: Yeah, thank you. we don't I, get enough praise back here. will we'll really give don't. you. I know Greg agrees to me. We'll give you a new title for that. You won't get a raise, but you get a new title that you can share on social media. That's uh cool. <laughs> Mark what we wing learned. Wing. By listening to the Canucks post-game shows, I learned that uh the Pedersen frustration is growing in this city. Fans are seeing that yes, he puts up points, But that's honestly all he does that's positive. And there are many negatives about his game. Ooh, this text is getting juicy. Mm. Making him our franchise player and backing up the Brinks truck is very scary. Did anyone else see him yawning on the bench before the Detroit OT started? I didn't see that. Um, But I do know that the Pedersen conversation is heating up. And there are definitely... um, some haters out there, for sure. I mean,
0: I don't know if it's Bick and Sat selectively picking those texts, but I've listened to enough post game shows, and they get read a lot. Mm-hmm. They're it's out there. I'm not. I I don't agree, but it's. I mean, I'm not going to besmirch our listeners who I love dearly and I think are the brightest people on the planet. If they want to weigh in, God bless them. Speaking of weighing in, Fred and Maple Ridge hashtag WWO what we learned. Uh, I I'm reframing my text to enter the contest. Sorry, you didn't win the tickets, but we'll read it anyway. It's a good one. Uh, I learned that Brett Festerling just casually redubbed the third line as the Honey Badger line. They're cute to look at, like Garland, but will seriously F you up. Um, Honey Badger is that belongs in Canuck lore to Yannick Hansen and only Yannick Hansen, right? There's only one Honey Badger. Correct.
2: I think a Honey Badger has to be an undersized player, doesn't it? Well, or is it just a guy with like a crazy motor?
0: It helps to be undersized. It helps to be a little badger, a little
2: bit cute, right?
0: Garland. Uh, yeah, yeah. but you want to pet him, but then when you start you realize the mistake you immediately
2: made when he yeah. goes for your no. legs.
0: I like the third line's nickname being the third line. I too I do too. I think it's great. I do too. What do you guys call yourselves uh the third line? That's so boring. We are also the third no, line. Well,
3: that's that's kind of that's
2: part of it though. Just I don't even
0: know you're
3: making a reference when you say just,
2: it. That's the beauty of what it.
0: What about the third yeah. line subversive.
2: line? Subversive. What about what about like you know how they call it uh, the Ohio State? Maybe do we emphasize we are the third line. You have to explain yeah. to everyone that the is capitalized. Emphasizing the you're you're, you're you're introducing the players They're like Dakota Joshua the the third, third line. line
0: that's really good actually
2: yeah. so third lines out there no the, the third line right
0: because there are that. there are other third
2: lines yeah, yeah, yeah but this is the third line I think we got it uh, Juan from Comox what we learned it took Swifties three months to witness sports happiness while us Canucks fans are still waiting 54 years you know uh, so I got a text from my mom who has always said, I hate football. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate – it's too violent, Jason. I don't understand it, and I hate it. So she More texted of a tennis me, She texted me before the game and said, um, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl today for Taylor Swift. And I'm like, you will not watch the football game. Like, I guarantee you, you will check out of the game because you'll be like, wait a minute. Yeah, this isn't the Taylor Swift show. There's all this football that they're playing, yeah. and especially the way it started, it wasn't like super exciting or anything. My mom watched the whole thing. She, she, she was she was like start to finish, and she was like, "That
0: was very exciting." How many? What did we ever? Did anyone ever get a final tally on Taylor Swift uh, appearances on camera? Because yeah, how we, many shots? Because uh, yeah, we were wagering. I feel
2: like there was five because. But I'm not sure what the official she number was. She had 55
0: was. seconds of screen time. I okay. know that, but I don't know how many individual shots. I, th- I
3: think I heard there was only one in the first half. Well, yeah. Maybe it went off. Well, definitely there felt, might have been,
2: because remember, it felt like they were holding back. But it, did, it depended which, where, you, it know, depended where it. you started. So the prop that we had at play now, where mm-hmm. I took the over five and a half, was like from the start of the game. So it couldn't be during the national anthem or any of that stuff. Until the end of the game, so there were obviously lots of shots of Taylor Swift after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It had to be, but those the, wouldn't have counted. Yeah, right. It had to be the game was the over game. when he went in the went into the end zone. Oh, we time. got an answer here. Oh, okay. What was it? What's up? Yeah. So she was shown uh, 54 seconds throughout the broadcast, twelve separate times throughout the game. Really? <laughs> no. No. No way. Not what. Not no the way. Says. The, the twelve separate. That's time? what the article
0: says.
3: Okay, got to be true. But
2: but I don't think that was like. From the first, like that might've been after the game. It or says throughout the, the game. game. So yep. I'm assuming that means. that's. I got the same thing from the Houston Chronicle, a reputable okay. publication. Well, another lock of the week hits for
0: me. You hit the over in a major way. Well, I was double, about I'm not going to complain about it. We I wonder... just didn't
2: think it was that many times. we got to wonder about who's setting the line here because that was way low. It's it smashed, was six, wasn't it, or five and a half? It over, five and a half. Five it and a half. over. Danny and Brookswood, what we learned, our women's basketball team is going to the Olympics after an amazing Spanish comeback against Hungary. Between that, the Canucks OT win and Nick Taylor's win, plus the amount of Taylor Swift shots that totally appeased my teenage daughters during the Super Bowl it was one of the best sports days we've had. Sunday was awesome. in a long time. You that was a
0: good. Uh, the Canucks win over Washington, overtime win. Connor McMichael still
2: don't know what he was doing. Um, all of it was it was a great appetizer well, for the Super Bowl. Dino Bravo, what we learned: Nick Taylor has ice in his blood, nerves of steel. He birdied the 18th hole three times in a row. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Could he be Canada's second major winner? I, he's got to be the favorite right now. He's now uh,
0: tied for third all-time PGA Tour wins by a
2: Canadian with Stephen. Remember Stephen Ames? Yeah, he was was a good player. He he won the players one year. Yeah, he was on the list. And then Tiger uh, emasculated him (laughs) in a match play. We don't talk about that (laughs) enough. Never the same. In the lore of Canadian sports. Um, what a move. uh, (laughs) What a move. Yeah, God. (laughs) Um, So here's why I think Nick Taylor is the best shot is, like, Corey Connors is an incredible ball striker, but he doesn't seem to come up big in the big moments you know his Sundays don't like we've had a few tournaments even majors where you're like oh Corey Connors is in the mix but he's but when it comes to like the final moments on the Sunday he doesn't seem to be there mm-hmm. Like he hasn't gone low or he hasn't made the big putts now we're talking about you know the waste management where Nick Taylor is making these putts And Corey Connors has never been known for the putter, right? And then Nick Taylor made maybe the biggest putt in Canadian golf history Mm -hmm. with his putt at the Canadian Open. Now, there was a little bit of luck in there, but there was also some skill and some composure, and that's what you need to win those majors because golf of all the sports, I think when the pressure ramps up, that's when a lot of players get into trouble. Uh, Peter in Cloverdale. Hashtag
0: we learned. I learned that the boy 17 years old suffered his first ever heartbreaking sports sadness last night. He was all in on the NFL this year. It was fun to watch football with him every Sunday. I need to go back to those halcyon days. Remember your first sports heartbreak. I can't even remember what it would be so long ago. Mine was 89, 89, forms, probably Williams. 89. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. would have been it. That was, that was my first heartbreak. Yeah. 94 that's when-
2: for me. 94. What? Sorry. 94. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty nine was it though because ninety four I didn't feel heartbreak I didn't I, honestly well, it was, said, my, I was I was panned. like that it was, was my k-
0: first big playoff
2: yeah, run yeah, yeah you know ninety four was ninety four was my first ever true sports happiness when Burry scored
3: oh yeah that's true might as yeah. well I'd like, like Nagano might have been my first experience
0: sports sadness yeah your first heartbreak Watching yeah you are a little bit younger yeah that oh, was tough those one. games were too
2: late. Yeah,
3: I, I, remember, still, I, I still remember, still remember I, hate it. To be I remember
2: watching the shootout in Garfs and Whistler, and it was like 1 in the morning, and I'm like, whatever. I I'm, missed like three days I'm of school, Garfs and I'm I getting in now. trouble for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, back then I used to stay up all the way to like 2 a.m. sometimes. I an can have you hour left to party. believe it. it? Yeah. Uh, Jesse from Surrey, what we learned, Taylor Swift did more to grow the game of football than any other form of marketing in history. Like it or not, she... Uh, psyop she had a yeah, it was a psyop yeah. That Joe Biden tweet was amazing, by yes, the way. Yeah, that it, was. um, it wasn't she, Joe. She brought a lot of new eyeballs to the NFL. She did, and that's just realistic. Whether whether you like it or not, I actually don't know how people could be so triggered by like Taylor Swift. I find it, nah, it's bizarre. I find it, I find it hilarious. Like I don't love her music, but like she's not. She, oh God, I feel like I'm. Probably gonna say, is she is she super political? No, no, she's not super. She's political. very inoffensive. Like now, she, I she's kind might, of like endorse some people, but like occasional thing, occasional but, thing. But, yeah. but she's not like she's she mostly just seems to get broken up with and then and write a song about. And 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 she's a fabulous performer that must she must have endless energy to to do what she does. And you know she's a great performer. She can perform in front of. You know, thousands of fans and and hold sway over an audience and it's very impressive. Most profitable tour in music history. It's very impressive. Like, why are people so upset with her? She seems quite benign to me. Yeah, I don't know. Andy 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 got it right. It's because it's a psyop. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be what it is. What I don't like is how
3: all the the, the T-Swift fans now are going to say, oh, your team wins the championship. Every every year is like this, right? Sports are wonderful. Too much sports happiness. And then they're going to actually get into sports and realize it is pain and suffering. And a very little tiny ray of sunshine well, every once in a
2: while. Write a song about it, then.
0: Or someone texted she could date someone from the Carolina Panthers. You learn a lot about losing by doing that. <laughs> okay, the music means we gotta go. Uh, I had one from Noah Langley. No, it was a good text. I didn't get a chance to read it though. But rest assured, we appreciate you and all the texters that weighed in on a Monday. Uh, it's been a fun one. We'll be back tomorrow. Signing off for now. I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been a dog. He's been Laddie. He's been intern, Jag. I got everybody. It has been the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet six fifty.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.